Welcome to College Town Talk, a new podcast from Tennessee Tech University with the help of the Cookville Putnam County Visitors Bureau. I'm Jonathan Frank, News and Public Relations Director for Tennessee Tech. And I'm Shan Stout, Director of Tourism for the Cookville Putnam County Visitors Bureau. Shan, it is a big day for our humble little podcast because we are talking to an Emmy Award winner. I know. I'm a little nervous and excited. We're talking to Tennessee Tech alum, National Public Television President and CEO. You guys can guess who's coming. And the former longtime CEO in WCTE PBS right here in Cookville, Becky Magura. And we'll be joined by Dr. Michael Akins, the director of Tennessee Tech's Center for Rural Innovation and the administrative chair of the Rural Reimagined Grand Challenge. Shan, I'm excited about these two guests today, and I know that you are as well. And I was just thinking in the case of uh, Becky, I, you know, I had the chance to serve on the alumni board with her. This is somebody that has served the Upper Cumberland for, uh, I think, something like 40 years, going back to uh, her start at WCTE in the early 80s. And of course, she's in Nashville now. But uh, when I think back on her time at WCTE, um, I, I heard people joke where two or more were gathered there would be Becky with the camera crew. That's very, very true. And you know, I, I became, I've known Becky forever, but I became really good friends with her when I, this is hard for me to even imagine to this day, I stepped in to fill her shoes for hosting the Smithville Fiddler's Jamboree on national television. That was a big deal for me because I had been a fan of hers forever. And Steve Boots, they co-hosted it together. They've lost, they don't even know how many years. Like they argue about how many years they hosted that show. And uh, when I stepped in and did that with my mom, Suzanne Williams, uh, Becky was just my biggest fan. She was such a cheerleader and she helped me. And it, it actually gave me what I needed in my future career toward television. So it, that opened new doors and new pathways. And now that she is Nashville Public Television, I am so proud. Well, Shan, I just realized that between you, Becky, and our other guests today, Dr. Michael Akins, I'm surrounded by television personalities. He, of course, hosts the show It's Your Business on WCTE, where you've got your show, Wish You Were Here, but outside of that, he works with us at Tennessee Tech, leading the Center for Rural Innovation and the Rural Reimagined Grand Challenge, along with his great colleague, Andrea Kruska. And he is somebody who has really been a change maker, not just in the Upper Cumberland, but across the state of Tennessee. In fact, Governor Bill Lee just announced uh, here recently that Tennessee is now at the lowest level of economically distressed counties in state history. And so much of that is a direct result of the work that Michael and Andrea and our Tennessee Tech students are doing, helping these rural and at-risk counties. Listen, Michael is one of those people that's an innovative thinker, and I call it that the state likes to say we need transformational marketing. And I feel that Michael is on board with that concept of transformational, and that's rural reimagined. I mean, it's saying taking something we know and finding a new way to support it, finding an innovative way. And he is the best at that. Now, up first, we're gonna go backwards here. Our conversation is going to be with Tennessee Tech alum and NPT president and CEO, my good friend, Becky Magura. We're 
We're joined now by Emmy Award winner and Tennessee Tech alumna, Becky McGeerat. Becky has been a leader in public media for more than 40 years. Today, she serves as the president and CEO of Nashville Public Television, but she got her start right here in Cookville working at WCTE, the Upper Cumberland's PBS affiliate. Becky began her journey with WCTE in 1982, right out of college, as an audio technician and producer, eventually working her way up to station manager and later CEO. At NPT, she hosts her own show, Clean Slate with Becky McGeera, where she interviews notable Tennesseans and gets answers to the simple but profound question, if you had a clean slate, what would you do? Beyond her Emmy Award, Becky has also received the Tennessee Governor's Award for Excellence in Early Foundations, the Cumberland Business Journal's Ovation Award for Community Service, and was a 2021 recipient of PBS's C. Scott Elliott Development Professional of the Year Award. But that's not even all. Becky was also recently selected for Leadership Nashville's Class of 2024 and just completed her service on the Tennessee Tech Alumni Association's Board of Directors after more than 20 years. Becky, welcome to College Town Talk. Thank you. This is so exciting. I'm so glad to see you all and be part of this conversation. Becky, you've had an amazing career. Uh, When you hear some of those highlights read back to you, over 40 years in public media, an Emmy Award, uh, working as president and CEO, hosting your own show, uh, what do you see as your proudest achievement? Oh, man. You know, well, one thing I would say is the opportunity to just work in public media is, is such a passion for me. And it started at Tennessee Tech. It, I don't, I'm not sure I would have this career if it weren't for Tennessee Tech. Um, you know, you said that I started in 82, which is true. That's when I was first employed. But I was the station's first student intern. So when I was thinking about, you know, what I wanted to do when I got out of my senior year and going to graduate school, really was interested in making that connection between um, media and education. And there's a whole long story behind that, but it, without some really caring administrators and faculty who knew that the station was going to open up right there on the campus and also as in Cookville, and it was a full-fledged PBS member station, um, I don't know that I would have, I would have had that opportunity. So, they really shepherded me to do that. And thankfully, Richard Castle was the general manager and he welcomed me and taught. He said, I'm going to teach you, you know, everything there is to know about television. And it was just a dream. It's been a dream. And I think that, you know, no one's an island. So my accomplishments are the accomplishments of the team that I work with, the board that we serve, the community we serve. It's the same here in Nashville. Um, We're fortunate to have really talented people who want to be part of public media. So I just, um, I guess one of my highlights is getting to meet Mr. Rogers. If you want to know what a highlight is, that might be the most special moment. I got to meet Mr. Rogers and Elmo. So there you go. (laughs) You can't beat that. I'm so jealous, I have to say. Well, and Shan, it's so fun to see you because 
all the years of the jamboree, the Smithfield Fiddler's Jamboree. And, you know, I started out with that production as a cameraman. I, I actually ran camera, one of the main cameras for that. And then the next year, Richard Castle said, you know, I think Steve Boots could use some help <laughs> and not have to sh shoulder all the on air. And then thankfully, you and Suzanne took over when we needed to step away. And just what a wonderful, what a wonderful tribute that and then all the, the local programming that WCT has beautifully done over the many decades. Well, Becky, not that I can imagine anyone not knowing who you are at this point, but for any of our listeners that are meeting you for the first time, they can hear how humble and gracious you are. But in my opinion, uh, it's time to talk about your role with Nashville Public Television, which I think their selection of you was a no-brainer. Um, I know that you were so gracious about it, so excited about it, and you brought a different vision to the table just by being there. Uh, but you've also had decades of service right here in Cookville with WCTE. So you have a passion for public media. You have a passion for telling people's stories. Where does that come from? Because I know that's still a big part of your drive and your heart today. Yeah, it, it is. And, um, you know, I wondered where it came from. I think my mom, actually, when I go back and I think she took a zillion photos. And those who know me know, I especially now that you take a photo with your phone, I take photos all the time. I kind of just capture life as I go. And people will say, well, what are you going to do with all that? Well, sometimes it's just I like to reflect on what it meant to me that particular day. But I also like to use it as a celebration or, or a storytelling, like you're saying. So when I think back about it, my mom, she she had she had eight millimeter film that had the big lights, you know, and we'd be at family gatherings and she'd be doing that actual film work. And I never put the two and two together until probably just a few years ago about how important that was. She was doing her own sort of media back in the day. And we would every Friday night have dinner. She would cook a big dinner. And my job was to play all the films she had created. So I would, you know, you had to thread that because it was actual film. You had to thread it through the machine and sit there and put up the big screen and We'd have a big family movie night and watch those reel after reel after reel. And so I think probably without me realizing it, that became a real way for me to know how to tell a story, especially once you, you know, you transition from film to video and you actually could have conversation um, and talk and share stories. We're Southerners, too. Right. So <laughs> I think that's another piece of it. And I'm so proud to be in Nashville where there's so many amazing stories to be told and so many musicians. Um, it's a unique setting that I have because I'm a native Tennessean. Um, being a native of Cookville, you know, Nashville was always our city. So you never, I never felt like I wasn't part of Nashville, even back from the time I was so young. I'm, my grandmother used to take us to Harvey's and Kane Sloan to buy our Easter dresses and, you know, 
she would bring us down here, all of our family to go to Opryland. And, um, you know, you would, you would really just spend a lot of time in this city. So when I had the good fortune to be encouraged to apply for this position, um, it, it was kind of like going full circle. I felt like, you know, I've contributed, I think, with our team to the people of the Upper Cumberland at WCTE. And now this will be an opportunity for me to contribute uh, in Nashville and still be part of that Tennessee team, which was really important to me. Um, but I think it's, it's really a passion of storytelling. And in my opinion, nobody does it better than public media. I just don't think anybody does it any better. I think we're committed to the communities we serve. We all come from a place of service. And we do believe when we say you are the public and public TV, that's not just a saying, that is true. And, um, and I'm reminded every day that I'm here, it's a different demographic. It's, it's a different audience. It's a different set of people who need their voices heard. And, and we're committed to doing that. Becky, as we mentioned in your introduction, you host your own show, uh, Clean Slate with Becky Magira on NPT. Uh, you also had a long-running series on WCTE. So you've interviewed some very notable Tennesseans over the years. Uh, Nashville Mayor John Cooper, Governor Bill Haslam, Senator Lamar Alexander, uh, Demetria Kalademos, Anne Lamont, uh, and, and a lot of people who have been very significant to Tennessee Tech. President Oldham, President Bell, President Volpe, Millard Oakley, State Senator Charlotte Burks, and so many others. So do you have a favorite or most memorable interview that comes to mind? <laughs> well, that's like picking your children. You know, I had um, I think I had almost 10 seasons, maybe of one on one. And um, so that's right at 100 interviews. Um Clean Slate, it's brand new. We just started that series. And uh, and so I've had, I loved folks. We sort of um, captured what I called in this first season, musicians and mayors, uh, because we got Mayor Cooper, but we also got uh, former mayor Megan Barry. Uh, we had a number of musicians. It, it was really interesting to me. I think, honestly, um, I loved interviewing Senator Alexander, especially on his sort of farewell uh, tour. You know, I got to interview him twice, actually, uh, earlier in, in my career and his term. But also uh, when when he was announced, he had announced he wasn't going to run again. Uh, we met him in Maribel at the elementary school where he had gone to school and sat in this little room, classroom, and hearing him talk about why he had been a public servant and all that he had really accomplished, that was very meaningful to me. Um, I've had the opportunity, you know, to talk with um, so many. Governor Haslam was so visionary. Senator Corker, ironically, when I asked him about the beautiful artwork he had in his office, he actually teared up about his wife curated that. And I had friends call me after that interview who were pretty staunch Democrats, to be honest, saying how that changed their perspective of Senator Corker as a human. 
Well, that's where I've always kind of leaned into. You know, I've I've interviewed so many of our elected officials, and I think that's important because I think you need to see them as humans first and know what they're bringing to that. It it you know, we I I can't even begin to tell you how impactful I think that is. I never went after these interviews as as really just totally accomplishment-based. It was more, who are you? What do you bring to your work every day that will resonate in the decisions you make? And with this new series that I'm doing, um, it really is about, I sort of feel like I have a clean slate. And I feel like, what would you do, either personally, professionally, or for your community, if you said, you know, I'm going to do something totally different? And I think it gives you a freedom to really imagine. And that's been exciting. That's been really exciting. I'm already starting on planning this year's season. But, um, you know, there was another gentleman, Hector Black. I don't know if you know Hector. He's he's passed away now. But, man, what a wonderful human. And he was the only person I did two back-to-back interviews because he talked he talked about forgiveness and his interview was so powerful that I just couldn't stop. I thought, well, this is the one, you know, if anything, if we gain anything in life and we can learn how to be forgiving, uh, even in the most horrible of circumstances, which he faced, um, it, it was, it was probably, probably is my most cherished interview. And of course, you know, you can never go wrong interviewing Tennessee Tech presidents. That's that's always a joy. And faculty members. I had a number of faculty members that I got to interview. And Anne Lamont came to the campus. Eve Ensler came to the campus. So uh, I think anytime you had those opportunities, I grabbed them. Brenda Lee, she, man, what a little dynamo. So you just got to make the most of the opportunity to capture who we are as humans. And what can we learn from each other? I love that. Now, I wanted to talk about when you put your hat in the ring for president and CEO of National Public Television, and you spoke about, you know, the the opportunity that is brought. But how did you feel when you received that call that you're going to be the president and CEO of NPT? I mean, that's that's got to be a, a good day, a scary day. What What were the emotions going through your mind? Well, it was uh, wonderful, overwhelming. You know, anytime you put yourself out there, you have to be prepared to know that you may not be the person. And yet in order to really live into that, you have to imagine yourself already gone. You have to imagine yourself there. And I knew I was at that place in my career that I was ready for one more opportunity to be a transformational leader. Uh, I knew that I would probably not spend as long, clearly, as I did at WCTE, but I would want to make a significant impact. And it's it's such a dynamic town. It has such a tremendously talented staff, but also an abundant resource of studios and um, location. and it's and it's a major market station. So there's only 40 major market stations in the system. So to be one of those uh, and the only one in Tennessee, 
I thought, wow, this is going to be a tremendous, tremendous opportunity. What probably I didn't know at the time that I was told later that there were 60, there were 60 candidates, national candidates for this role. So for me to have the, to be selected by the board uh, has been just a tremendous uh, boost and also um, challenge as well to know that you need to live into the expectations of a, a board who wants to see growth and, and experimentation, as well as a city that is exempt, really exemplary of that growth. So um, we're, in, we're in a mode of new beginnings and change and transformation, and, uh, and that's exciting, but not easy. So I think that it was a really exciting day. The hardest part for me was deciding how would I balance my life uh, in the Upper Cumberland, but also in Nashville, and what and really you need to be you need to embrace your city. So I have really transitioned a lot of my life to here to Nashville, and uh, and still have Cookville as a home. Still, thankfully, was serving at Tennessee Tech. So uh, and will always be a Tech alum. Uh, and so we're just looking for ways to, br to bridge that, if you want to know the truth. How do we bridge uh, and make a stronger Middle Tennessee by, by collaborating with WCTE, collaborating with Tennessee Tech, and all the different elements within our region that make us really a special place to be? Well, you've segued into our final question really well, Becky. Um, we always end each podcast with the same question. What is one way that Tennessee Tech has impacted your life? Wow. Well, I, you know, gee, that's a great question. I love that question. Well, I love Tennessee Tech. Um, you know, I, um, I'm a first generation college graduate. And I think Tennessee Tech has been just a tremendous influence and had unbelievable impact on all of the Upper Cumberland, but beyond, way beyond that. When you look at the success of the graduates of Tennessee Tech and you look at the success and locations globally of where we reside as alum, um, it is really phenomenal. And I know that the, you know, you, you always grow when you continue to learn. I was just with my, uh, she'll be 95, my 95-year-old aunt, Ruth Phipps. She was at one point Tech's oldest graduate at the age of 70. And she decided to go back to school at 65, became part of the speech team, did all this kind of stuff. Amazing to think about that and how encouraged she was by her university, at, even at that age, knowing she wasn't gonna use her degree to, to work, she still influences people today because when they find out what she did, how she wanted to continue her education, they are encouraged to go back. I think that's what Tennessee Tech brought to me. It brought to me a sense of accomplishment. It brought to me a sense of 
uh, encouragement. I, as I mentioned to you before, uh, Dean Rebecca Quattlebaum and Dr. Mary Ayers shepherded me to pursue this career in public television. They were instrumental. Every president at Tennessee Tech has been instrumental in knowing the student and encouraging the student and uplifting us. And I think, I think without that university, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be who I am. There's no way, you know, it's just when you grow up in a rural community, the opportunities that you gain by having access to higher education will forever change you. So I'm so grateful to Tennessee Tech. I will always be a golden eagle. And uh, and I can say to you and everybody else, wings up. Well, Becky, I know that you love tech. You love the Upper Cumberland. And all that you're doing for Nashville is phenomenal. Thank you so much for joining us. And hug Aunt Ruth for me. And uh, thank you so much for uh, being a part of College Town Talk today. Oh, thank you. Love you guys. And I hope to see you soon. And for our listeners, learn more about NPT at WNPT.org and check out the Upper Cumberland's WCTE at WCTE.org. Welcome back, everyone, to College Town Talk. We are now joined by the esteemed Dr. Michael Akins, Director of Tennessee Tech Center for Rural Innovation, and if that's not enough, the Administrative Chair of the Rural Reimagined Grand Challenge. Now, in his capacity with Rural Reimagined, Michael leads a university-wide effort to support the flourishing Tennessee's rural communities. So today, Dr. Akins, you and your team have a presence in 65 of Tennessee's rural counties, and you're actively engaged in nine local tourism projects. Uh, the way I understand it, you have helped more than 200 small businesses in the last year alone, and I love that it is always at no cost to them. Now, you also host the WCTE show, It's Your Business with Michael Aiken. So I suggest to our listeners to look that up. It is a great informative show. And you interview local business owners and change makers in our community to share their stories, uh, listen to their perspective, and learn from their successes and their challenges, which I love the dual side of information you, you pull out of them there. Now, service to the Tennessee Tech community is a family affair for you as your wife. Dr. Katie Akins is the university's assistant vice president for strategic initiatives and the dean of students. Dr. Akins, welcome so much to College Town Talk. Well, thank you all so very much and wonderful, wonderful introduction. Thank you for all of those uh, accolades and mentioning them. Well, I'm really not qualified to interview you after that introduction, but here we go anyway. So I'm going to do my job no matter how nervous I am. Now, my question to you is, on your watch, Rural Reimagined has become one of Tennessee Tech's great success stories. Now, when you and your colleagues started this initiative, I think it was back in 2019, I'm positive that you could not have imagined how timely and necessary that it would be in helping our local communities and our small businesses, and it helped them weather through the pandemic, okay? 
So can you tell our listeners how this whole project began? Absolutely. So in 2018, one of the many hats that I was wearing is I served as the director of implementation for, at that time, Tennessee Tech's new strategic plan, Tech Tomorrow. And Tech Tomorrow had a lot of great things in it and still does, certainly. Um, But one of the focal areas of that is it called for the development of a grand challenge that could leverage the entire university's assets and resources. So we got a group of faculty, administrators, students and community leaders together and thought about what would that actually mean? So first of all, we had to think, well, what is a grand challenge anyways? Right. So this grand challenge is basically like we like to call it is it's 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 a grand challenge is a big, hairy, audacious goal. So what does that mean? What is that? What do we want to do? So we started looking around and thinking and You know, Tennessee Tech is uniquely positioned um, through geography, proximity, and also through our assets by serving an entirely rural area here in the Upper Cumberland. And and in fact, we actually don't stop at the Upper Cumberland. Uh, You know, we really look at at the contiguous counties. There's pretty much a 21-county region that at the time, and still pretty much to this day, there's a lot of distress. There's a lot of poverty. Um, you know, there's a lot of ways that we thought we could help. So we thought how cool and how appropriate would it be to do a grand challenge that had something to do with rural? So that's how Rural Reimagined was born. Um, and, you know, at, you're absolutely right. At the time, we obviously we had a great vision. We knew that we could create success, but we didn't know that it would grow into what it has grown to this day. Uh, And we are so incredibly excited and and proud about what we've done. And this has literally been a team effort. So, you know, when it all started, um, like I said earlier, we got we got faculty, administrators and students together to think about what it would be like. Well, then we named it Rural Reimagined and we said, okay, well, what do we do now? How do how do we do this? And, you know, it's really all about getting the right people together and communicating and really thinking about not only what can we do, but what should we do? And that's probably the most important part to all of it. So this is not Tennessee Tech going into rural communities and saying, hey, we're Tennessee Tech and we've got all the answers and we're here to save the day. Quite the opposite. We don't have any of the answers, but what we do have is the ability to collaborate and work with county mayors, chambers of commerce, local organizations, private businesses, nonprofits, the list goes on and on. And we go into those communities and we talk to them and we actively listen and we figure out what are the challenges that they want to work on. So, for example, one of the first projects that we did was a tourism project with Jackson County. At the time, Jackson County was distressed. Of course, Jackson County is is right next door, our neighbors, um, you know, here in Putnam County. And they decided, you know, we really want to. Uh, be able to promote our, our tourism assets because, you know, they have Cummins Falls, they've got a lake, they've got all oh, so many things to do. They're becoming a foodie destination. But, you know, the question is, is, well, how do we really broadcast and promote that on outside of our region on a statewide level? But more importantly, how do we get the whole nation to know about Jackson County? So uh, we gathered a, a group of, of uh, graduate students and graphic designers and uh, Andrea and myself with the Center for Innovation, and we started working with them. And we built ultimately a, a wonderful tourism brand that they have used to promote their county. It's on coffee mugs, t-shirts, billboards. 
They've been able to attract two major weekend long music festivals. They have leveraged this tourism brand so much that the State Department of Tourist Development actually utilizes their story and their brand as the gold example, the the, the star shining example of, of how to do rural tourism. And what's really interesting about that is, you know, everything builds upon everything, right? So, um, you know, when we completed the brand for Jackson County, other county mayors started paying attention. They said, well, we want this too. So we've worked with, uh, as you said, we're currently involved in nine active projects. Overall, we've got 16 projects on the books, whether those are completed, active, or we're in current discussion with them. And what's really neat about it is, is that we are collaborating literally across the state. So we have active projects in West, Middle, and East Tennessee as we speak right now. And by and large, most of those projects are working with distressed or at-risk counties. And the reason we do that is, number one, it's, the, it's, it's important, right? It's, it's what we need to do. The governor says we need to focus on our distressed counties. Um, and concurrently, this, the Tennessee State Department of Tourist Development, we have actually formally partnered with them. So they do what's called uh, uh, road shows. And they go into at-risk and distressed counties and talk about, you know, tourism and, and what needs to be done to, to promote it. And then we go in on their heels and, uh, and and develop the brands for them. And that's just one of many, many examples that we're doing with uh, with Rural Reimagine. But it's it's very exemplary of how we're able to literally transverse across the entire state, giving our students real world career ready experience, providing the communities with things that they need based on what they've told us. And it also allows Tennessee Tech to uh, to fulfill our vision and mission of rural transformation across the state. So literally everybody wins. Dr. Akins, let's talk more about some of those projects that you all have worked on over the years. Uh, since Rural Reimagined began, you all have helped more than 500 small businesses. So thinking back on the people you've helped, the projects you've worked on, uh, is there one project that maybe stands out as most memorable or impactful? Yeah, you know, that's that's a great question because they're they are all very impactful in their own way. Um, you know, and, and thinking back and you are correct, we have helped over 500 small businesses uh, in our short time with Rural Reimagine, just 200 this year. You know, I think that um, in addition to Jackson County, because that that really kind of started the, the the tourism. But I would also say um, that there have been overall, I would say one of the most impactful projects is, is not one project in particular, it's actually the 500 businesses. So when we talk about terms of, of impact and, and looking at how we help businesses, so not only is it giving our, our students the requisite experience that they need to be competitive and differentiate themselves in the marketplace, you know, I would say as a whole, as, as all 500 businesses that we've helped, that ultimately is going to be the most impactful because saving businesses, helping businesses literally creates and saves jobs. So when we look at just, for example, this year, we've helped 200 businesses alone. That translates into about 300 jobs that have either been saved or created. So I would say it would be kind of difficult to really pinpoint one Whereas I think I would actually answer in the perspective of it's aggregately the business technical assistance and internship model has probably been the most impactful. Because if you start looking at 
the rippling effects on the economy. What do small businesses provide to uh, their local cities, their their counties, their regions, and ultimately the state? Um, that is probably the most important. And that is also, as many people know, the backbone of America and certainly Tennessee are small businesses. 85% or more of all the businesses in Tennessee are small businesses, and they are the ones that are in our rural communities. They're the ones that provide jobs. They're the ones that are making making purchases within the supply chain. So they're they're making purchases with other businesses, and ultimately they're they're employing people. And the uh, what we call the induced effects of not only the business revenue, but them being able to employ people and give them a, a living wage and a salary. They're going to go out. And they're going to buy things from other businesses. They're going to pay taxes. They're going to uh, purchase groceries. It's really so important that we continue to have an extreme focus on our small businesses and also looking specifically at our region here in the Upper Cumberland and, and the extended area. Uh, there's so many distressed and at-risk areas that, you know, when we say at-risk and distressed, we really mean that is they are at-risk of being distressed, or if they are distressed, then they are at a crisis point. And our ability to help as many possible businesses, uh, you know, across those those county economic statuses is incredibly important to the economic welfare, the well-being of not only the community, but the actual well-being of real, literal, actual people. Well, I love everything about this. And Michael, as you're talking about tourism, I get that. The Explore Jackson County brand is beautifully done, very well executed, super professional. And for my role in tourism, you know, as the director of tourism, it makes my job easier. I mean, it takes a village for us all to move forward. And some people don't quite understand, um, you know, say with uh, that economic impact and that drive to grow a community. In Jackson County's case, tourism is what they have. That's what they need to grow to be able to help them thrive. And so sometimes when people hear tourism and they hear economic impact, they're not thinking of that as being one global view. Now, you've received uh, not only a pat on the back for Rural Reimagined, but you have a major vote of confidence in terms of funding. The Tennessee State Legislature uh, has awarded you a million dollars in the state budget for Rural Reimagined. I mean, that is more than a pat on the back. That is well done. And here's how we're going to support you. Uh, what does that kind of bipartisan support mean to you? I, I know that that would, that would be a big deal in my world. And what do you think it says about the reputation and success of the program? Absolutely. So several things here. So first of all, I actually should say it's a double pat on the back. This is the second time they've given us a million dollars. So we are incredibly excited about that. And you're absolutely right. I mean, that is a huge vote of confidence for what we are doing, uh, especially on the second time around. You know, so from your first question about, you know, showing bipartisan support, you know, ever since we started Rural Reimagined and we started you know, involving students, we started involving faculty, you know, originally we didn't know how it was going to go, but what we found out very quickly, this thing sells itself because how can you ever even begin to have a negative thought about helping rural areas? You just can't. It's the right thing to do. So all across the board, certainly bipartisan support. And, uh, you know, we're just incredibly excited to be able to do that. And, and you know, absolutely, you know, with, with this money, you know, that 
that reputation, that really gives us a great leg to stand on because we can say, look at what literally from the top, from the governor's budget, look at what our state, our governor, our legislature is putting behind rural transformation because as many of you all may know, Bill Lee's first executive order was all about rural transformation. And interestingly enough, we had just established Rural Reimagine uh, in the fall of 2018 before he came on board and made that executive, before he made the executive order. So it may be a little corny, but we've always kind of joked ever since we started this by saying that, you know, we're kind of the hipsters of, of rural transformation because we were doing it before it was cool. And, uh, you know, but getting back to a more serious note, I mean, you know, having the support from the state has obviously for us as a program been a game changer. But what it really does is it really, truly sends a message to the residents of Tennessee to know that they're walking the walk and they're talking the talk. It's not just lip service. I mean, they're really, truly putting funding uh, and resources behind rural transformation. And Tennessee Tech has been incredibly fortunate to be a part of that. But I think it's also important to uh, point out as well as, you know, it took us many, many years before we got there. And what's so amazing about Rural Reimagine, like I said earlier, it truly sells itself. People get it. People understand. And there's, you know, it's a vision for, for rural you know, integration and, and, and transformation, but, you know, you can really find your own path in it. And I think that's really been a lot of our success is, you know, like I said, at the very, very beginning, we're not just going in the communities and saying we have all the answers because we don't, but we're going to work together. We're going to talk, we're going to actively listen and figure out what it is that they want us to work on. And then we're able to align everything else on the back end, whether that be students, faculty, research, and more. Finally, Dr. Akins, we like to end each interview by asking the same question, what is one way that Tennessee Tech has impacted your life? Tennessee Tech has been, outside of my parents and my wife, I, Tennessee Tech has been the most impactful and influential entity ever. Uh, I've been here for a little over 17 years. Uh, when I first started, I came over to the College of Business. It was the Business Media Center at the time, which eventually became the IQ. And Kevin Liska has been the director, and I came on board in 2005. He interviewed me one day. He literally called me the next and said, can you come up next week? I'm making a job for you. And he said, however, the caveat is it's a six-month position with no guarantees of funding after that. So I took that under advisement, and I went and I ate tacos with my dad. I remember it like it was yesterday. I was eating tacos. We were watching a, a rerun of Seinfeld, and I said, yeah, it's Tennessee Tech. They're going to offer me six months. It's okay salary, but I don't know. I'm just looking for, I, I don't know. Maybe I want something more permanent or whatever. And he looked at me, stopped eating his taco. And he said, they're wanting to pay you to come up there and work. I said, yeah. He said, you need to get your butt up there. So 17 years later, I have earned a master's degree through Tennessee Tech. Uh, I have earned a PhD, not from Tennessee Tech, but uh, fortunately, Tennessee Tech was able to actually, as a part of our, our employment, uh, you know, able to support that. Um, I have been able to make so many connections across the state. I have been able to do so many cool and impactful things. Uh, you know, we've literally had thousands of students that have worked for us over the years. Um, we've been able to, you know, launch the Eagle Works Innovation and Entrepreneurship Competition, which is basically Shark Tank for students. We'll be on our 11th year this year. Uh, I don't have enough time today to talk about all the different ways that uh, tech has been so impactful to me, but it has literally shaped who I am right now, 
as a person, as a professional, uh, as a scholar, as a researcher, and so much more. So I am forever indebted to all the people that have, you know, been a part of, of my experience at Tennessee Tech, and uh, I can't wait to see who and what we do next. I, I love this story, and I love the fact that, you know, the, the moral of this story is listen to uh, the wisdom of your parents because they've yeah. been there and they can kind of see ahead. Absolutely. So I love that. My my parents have given me advice before that I was like, I don't know about that. Uh -huh. and it, wound, it wound up panning out. Yep. It, was a, it was a very good call. And uh, I appreciate you spending your time with us today. You know, I know we're both very busy. You host a show on PBS and we both have that on our resume and uh, enjoy working with our community partners. Thank you for everything you're doing to uh, help promote tourism. It makes my job better. And uh, we just appreciate you joining us for this episode of College Town Talk. Well, and I certainly appreciate the opportunity. Would love to come back and thank you all so much for what you all are doing. I look forward to listening to it. We want to thank Becky Magira and Michael Akins for being our guests on the podcast today. And by the way, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a moment to like, review, and share. Join us again next week for more conversations from right here in Cookville, Tennessee's College Town. College Town Talk is presented by Tennessee Tech University in partnership with the Cookville Putnam County Visitors Bureau. Your hosts are Jonathan Frank and Shan Stout, and original music is performed by Andrew Buckner. Visit us online at tntech.edu slash collegetowntalk.